Hey golfers, what's going on? Welcome back to the podcast. This is Chasing Your Best. This podcast is and always will be dedicated to the golf learning curve. It's here to really pass along some of the things I get to learn in my day-to-day, my week-to-week, my year-over-year job, which is simply to teach golf and to help people play better golf. That's been my life's mission. You don't have to fight all the same battles I have, well, because I fought them. I've, I've, been, I've been there. I've done that. And I just want you to, to learn some stuff, take away some extra tools, some resources, and some best practices to help you with your golf learning curve. Now, over the last couple of weeks, over the last month, I advertised that we would do a free swing analysis for three of you. All you had to do was leave this podcast a review and send me an email. And I wanted to just get those three winners out of the way. I will also send you an email and I'm going to give you one week to get back to me. Otherwise, I'm going to pass that swing analysis to the next person. All right, so the three winners are Jason Kerr, Vikas Upadier, and Aaron Wold. Now, Vikas, your name is tough to pronounce. I hope I did a decent job. The rest of them are pretty straightforward. Jason, Vikas, and Aaron, you are the three winners of the swing analysis. You can reach out to me via email or respond to the email I'm going to send you sometimes shortly after this podcast goes live. So I want to thank all of you for leaving this podcast review. We have seen some recent growth to the pod, and that's exciting for me. And it's mainly exciting because I want to reach more golfers, help more golfers, and help more people have fun, find enjoyment, and fulfillment out of the game. That's what it's all about for me, really. Just pass pass forward some of the things I get to learn about. Anyway, happy Masters Week, y'all. What a great week to be a golfer. The first major of the year. And what's special about the Masters is it's played every single year on the same golf course. We get to kind of create a history with the golf course. And if you've watched the Masters for a while, you can start to recognize some of these holes, especially the famous holes, Amen Corner, 18, stuff like that. It's it's a pretty special golf course, and we're lucky that we get to see the major recur on the same year. So today, I want to talk about things you can take away from this Masters tournament and things that you can take away from how these professionals navigate their way around the golf course. We've had some good course management strategy talks recently. And I really feel Augusta is a perfect example of how course management can come into play. Because it is not traditionally a bomber's course, although some bombers play well there. We've got guys like Zach Johnson who have won the majors there. We have short hitters, long hitters. It's just a variety of people will win this tournament because it's very much a position first golf course. Length is an asset but it's definitely a position first golf course. If you put yourself in the wrong spot, it's very, very penalizing. And and to me, that's what's so interesting about Augusta is it's very much like a game of chess. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we get to watch the tournament evolve. So I I wanna talk through some specific holes with you and some strategy talk. And maybe as you're watching the tournament this weekend, you can, uh, you can watch along and, and see what you think about how they're going about their strategy and have a little more educated decision. Now, I'm going to talk about Augusta, but th- just know that this stuff applies everywhere. Good course management is good course management no matter where you are. It's just this week we're going to have some specific examples of course management strategies and how they could be good, bad, or indifferent. Another thing, just as a precursor to this, I want to remind you that there's more than one way to slice up an orange. You can navigate the golf course multiple ways, but what we're trying to do is make the decisions that give us the best odds over time. So if you play 10 rounds, you average the lowest score over those 10 rounds possible. 
not one low score and nine high ones. We want consistent success. And good course management decisions and shot execution will help you provide more consistent success. Now, let's talk through some of these holes. We're gonna start with hole number three here. It's called Flowering Peach. It's a par four, it's about 350 yards. Now, what I like about this hole in particular is it forces some decisions. You can bomb a driver and be up near the green, but the green is relatively shallow and it's elevated. So if you do bomb driver, say you hit a 300 yard drive, you get left with that interesting yardage that's like 50 yards, maybe 30 to 50 yards, but you're chipping uphill to a situation where you may not be able to create a lot of spin. Now, a lot of this is also gonna to have to do with where the pin location is. If the pin is in the back, you'll see players that want to more attack towards the green because they don't necessarily need to stop it on a dime. But when that pin, especially I think Sunday, they put it on the left side of the green if you're a player hitting to that green. If that pin gets tucked on the left side of the green, and I think that's a traditional Sunday pin, it's very shallow there. So distance control is at a premium and you can't get a lot of a lot of spin on the golf ball if you have an uphill pitch from 30, 40 yards. So that's when you'll see players lay back to that like 80 to 120 type yard range and they're gonna hit those full spinning wedges in there because they're able to control their spin more so. And it's just, it's a very interesting hole because you can go from making a potential birdie to a bogey really fast if you short side yourself or if you leave yourself one of those awkward chips up the hill. So that's hole number three. I think it's a very interesting little hole that forces some decisions and I like that about that hole. Now, next hole, hole number 10, Camellia. Par four, 480, 90 yards. This is that hole we remember Bubba Watson hitting it to into the woods and hitting the incredible recovery shot out of the woods to set himself up to win that tournament. But I, what I like about this hole is it forces you to hit a tee shot. It's got that severe, not severe, but very tunnel dog leg left type look. And this is why players that traditionally can work the ball right to left is an example of why they might have more success here over the years because a lot of these holes do phase, favor a draw shot shape for the right-handed player or a fade shot shape for the left-handed player. But this hole forces you in a perfect world to, to work a draw around that corner, be versatile off the tee. And if you do so, what you're leaving yourself is an approach into a green that slants from back to front, right to left. So these players ideally hit it to the left center of the fairway, they work it down that hill so they get some extra distance, and then they're able to hit back up into that green. The reason I want you to understand this is so important is because if they're on the right side of the fairway and they're not thinking about their next shot, they've left themselves much less of an opportunity to land the ball into the slope, stop it, and also be able to hit at the area of the green that gives them the most odds of hitting it. That also includes carrying it over a bunker. So what we've taken is we've shaped the hole in a way where it becomes a very small percentage of hitting that green versus a much larger percentage of hitting that green. And it's all set up by the shot shape off the tee, being able to drive the golf ball, place the golf ball, and give yourself the best opportunity to make the next shot. Now, one more caveat to this whole course management discussion. A lot of this stuff is just theory, right? Everything is, if we hit it well, What's next? Well, if we don't hit it well, then we just have to do our next best opportunity. But what we can do is we can have good intentions. And like I said, good intentions over the course of 10, 12 rounds play out at the lowest score most often. So we want good intentions. We wanna shape that ball from right to left. We wanna ideally end up on the left side of the fairway and be able to work our next shot up into that green and give our, stack ourselves the highest odds of hitting that green. And hole number 10, this is a turning point in the round, so it's very important that they're able to maintain some momentum 
or even gain some momentum. Next up, hole number 13, famous par five, Azalea. This is the one we remember Phil Mickelson hitting out of the trees in that incredible shot. Phil being Phil, but this whole very much course management strategy involved here. The whole hole slopes from right to left and the best opportunity at hitting that green is keeping something up high enough on the right side of the fairway so we have an opportunity without having to work the ball around to be able to go for that green. Now this is another kind of classic example of it's forcing some decisions because if you hit a good drive we're going to have 200-ish yards left. This is a total of 510 yards. So it's not overpoweringly long. Most drivers of the golf ball can hit at 280, 290, 300 on the, at the professional level. So it's forcing them to make a decision. And that's what I like about this course. And that's what I like about a lot of these Alistair McKenzie designs is a lot of these shots, the, he uses the course to work the slope very, very well. But then also these shots, are you're forced into making a decision and also using the slope and knowing the slope and having some course knowledge is definitely fundamental. And that's why you hear players say, well, players that play well at Augusta tend to understand Augusta because there's very much nuance to this golf course and where these pins are and, and how to get to them and where you want to leave the ball versus where you don't. But this whole whole hole slopes from right to left and ideally we can bomb it down the right side of the fairway. If we don't, if we get sucked down towards the creek, raised creek, then it's, it's that shot that it needs to either be shaped around the trees, which is very dangerous, and low percentage, or uh, potentially they hit it out to the right and then hit a wedge in from there. So much of this hole is set up by the tee shot, which is kind of a common theme here. And then second shots are very much determined by where is the pin location. How can we get to that pin? What is the angle that gets us there? Very, we don't want to be short-sided very rarely ever at Augusta, and we don't want to be left above the hole. These are common principles that you can take with you anywhere, playing any golf course making better decisions, using the topography of the golf course to your advantage, and just understanding it. And if you're playing a course for the first time, don't go out with the highest expectations, especially if you don't know it, and a little local knowledge can help you a long way. That goes particularly if you're playing in a tournament round, like, dude, you have to show up and play a practice round. It's so important that you have the knowledge of where to work the golf ball, what are the slopes that you can take advantage of, what are the slopes that you shouldn't be worried about, or you should be worried about, and where do you go from there? So hole number 13 is very much another hole where we're forced into hitting a great tee shot and then from there it opens up a lot of course management decisions. Do we want to go for it? Do we want to come up short? We don't want to end up in the creek so that's where we'll see a lot of commitment on that next shot. And uh, I love it. Let's go to one more hole. We'll do one more hole and then we'll take it from there. I'll let you guys finish this podcast and get to watching the Masters. Alright, let's go with the finisher, hole number 18. That is Holly, par four, 465 yards. Dog leg right, slightly. We definitely, this is the famous tee shot you see coming out of the chute. And you'll see a lot of players that are always skirting up the left side of the fairway from there. Because if they hit it too far right, they're left with a very poor angle or they're left having to work the golf ball around the hole to get from there. But it's an uphill dog leg, dog leg right. And what I love about this design as well is that our angle is from the left side, but there's also bunkers on the left side. Uh, very cleverly designed, again. Just a shout out to Mackenzie. His courses, he's got famous courses all over the US. Old school, beautiful golf courses. Augusta perhaps is the most famous, but there are a handful of famous golf courses designed by Mackenzie. 
So much of this hole is determined by the tee shot coming out of that chute, that narrow little gap, which has got to just make that uh, backside pucker up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, not so much for these guys. These guys are the best. But no matter what, everybody feels pressure. Pressure just means that you care. And what we'll see here is because this hole's gotten a little longer over time, is it's harder for them to hit a shorter club, meaning a lot of them are going to hit drivers or three woods. They're going to do their best to keep it on the left side and give themselves the best possible angle coming to that green. Very much a tee shot type hole, very much get it in position off the tee type hole, and then from there playing, playing to the green, which is relatively large, but also very much sloped, and understanding where those slopes are. Now, I'm, I didn't go too much into the nuance of the slope of the greens, but that's an important part to consider as well. All of this stuff matters, folks. I wanted to just kind of detail that out, give you some ideas about course management, give you some thoughts, provoke some thoughts, and just want you to play a little bit deeper game of golf. That doesn't mean you're going to hit every shot perfect, but you can certainly go out with great intentions, great intentions over time, shoot the lowest scores, and I have faith in that. You have to trust the process. Not every day is going to be your best day, but continually compounding good decisions will lead to more of your best days. Anyway, I want to say thank you all for listening to the podcast. I hope you have a wonderful Masters weekend. Leave this podcast a review. Share it with a friend. It's been growing, and I want to double the size of it one more time, and we'll be balling. Anyway, I will catch you back here same time, same place next week.